Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Welcome back, everybody. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Happy July, July 1st. Everybody off to a fantastic start, I hope, to their holiday weekend, July 4th on Tuesday. I'm Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. We've got an hour left tonight talking all things Indiana sports. We've talked IndyCar. We've talked Cincinnati Reds, kind of regional sports there in Major League Baseball. We've obviously talked a lot about the Indianapolis Colts, an interview moments ago with uh, Shane Steichen, the new head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Coming up this hour before midnight Eastern time, we'll talk with Ashton Doolin, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, and also left tackle Bernard Ryman. What a big year it is upcoming for Bernard, year number two at that cornerstone left tackle position. So all of that coming up before we uh, end tonight on this holiday weekend. But let's check out some more scores. Let's go around the area. Eddie Garrison with a sports update. Eddie, take it away. I appreciate the setup there, Matt. Hopefully I can close it out like a closer in baseball, which is where we start our update with right now. They're in the middle of the fourth inning in Chicago between the Guardians and the Cubs. The Cubs are still being shut out as they approach the bottom half of the fourth inning. Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, Cody Bellinger do up for Chicago. Cody Bellinger and Tucker Barnhart are the only two players with a hit right now for the Cubs. All scoring for the Guardians came in the top half of the third inning with the mid-Rosario singling that scored Bo Naylor and Stephen Quam. Marcus Stroman through four innings has struck out two or struck out six Surrendered two walks and two hits to go with those two earned runs. They're in the bottom of the seventh in Colorado. We finally have a score in this game between the Rockies and the Tigers. It's tied up at one. Colorado scored in the bottom of the sixth. And then in the top of the seventh, Jonathan Scope doubled that score. Jake Marisnik to tie it at one apiece. They're now in the bottom of the seventh. Yesterday, Colorado won game one, eight to five. Tomorrow's game will wrap up the three-game series. Either a good possibility for the Rockies to go for a sweep, or it'll be the rubber match between the two teams. Game two of the doubleheader between the New York, New York Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals. It's in the top of the ninth. A couple of outs already gone. The Yankees leading four to two. They scored two in the second, one in the first, and they just added an insurance run in the top half of the ninth inning. St. Louis scored a run in the bottom of the first and a run in the bottom of the third inning. Lars Newtbar, Paul Goldschmidt, and Jordan Walker have six of the seven hits for St. Louis. Tommy Edmond with the other hit. Matthew Libertor with four and a third. He gave up three runs on seven hits, just 56 pitches for Libertor. In game number one, St. Louis Cardinals defeated the New York Yankees 11-4. Eight of the nine starters in the lineup for St. Louis had a hit. Nolan Gorman had a home run. It was a two-run home run. Ball Goldschmidt went yard as well. He drove in four in the win. Andrew Kisner, Tommy Edmond, and Andrew Burleson all had two hits for the Cardinals in their 11-4 win this afternoon. The Cincinnati Reds 
winning streak ends at three, and the losing streak for the San Diego Padres is halted at six with the Padres besting the Reds today 12-5. to five. The most impressive part about it, 11 of those 12 runs came in a three-inning span. Four runs in the sixth, five runs in the seventh, and two runs in the eighth. And most of that damage coming from their big three of Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, and Manny Machado. They drove in 10 of the 12 runs for San Diego. Soto had a home run, and Machado had two. Michael Waka picked up his eighth win. Rubber match tomorrow afternoon. Starter for the Padres to be determined, and the Cincinnati Reds will start their best rookie in Andrew Abbott. Chicago White Sox, Oakland Athletics game two from Oakland yesterday. The White Sox lost seven to four. They lost today seven to six in the bottom of the tenth inning. They could not score the ghost runner. Oakland was able to. Luis Robert with another. Solid day at the plate. He had three hits. The White Sox are now 36 and 49. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Hey, welcome back. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Matt Taylor. Our final hour in for Bob Lovell tonight. He's on summer vacation with you until midnight. I handle radio duties, play-by-play for the Indianapolis Colts. We've obviously spent a great deal talking Colts football tonight. We'll do so as well, uh, in just a little bit, we'll hear from wide receiver Ashton Doolin and also a conversation with second-year left tackle Bernard Ryman who's looking to take a big jump from year one to a sophomore campaign along that offensive line. But I thought it was interesting, and I did want to spend some time on this uh, because I do think it's important when you talk about the projected success of the Colts for next season. Uh, earlier in June... Uh, ESPN.com, they put out a list of their top five core players on every NFL team. And they said a core was defined as the five most uh, important players to a team, right? The guys that each roster is built around. And for the Colts, their five guys in that criteria, uh, criteria, I should say, were as follows. Uh, Quarterback Anthony Richardson. Wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., guard Quentin Nelson, defensive tackle DeForest Buckner, and linebacker Shaquille Leonard. So, again, they're five guys for the Colts, Richardson, Pittman, Nelson, Buckner, and Leonard. All right, so no Jonathan Taylor, uh, no Zaire Franklin, no left tackle Bernard Ryman. Do I agree with this list? I mean, I guess for the time being, it, it's hard to argue that, you know, it's it's hard to argue that list because those are probably your five best players as of right now. But I will say this. I mean, for the time being, you know, this offense is going to be Jonathan Taylor centric. I'm hoping by the end of the upcoming season, we're putting Jonathan Taylor on that list because of what he means for the success of the offense. And again, going back to what we talked about earlier with the fireworks you know, what he can hopefully do for Anthony Richardson, taking a load off his shoulders as a rookie quarterback. But, you know, looking at the list, I think Buckner is a top five player in the NFL at his position. There's no question that the defense changes if he's not out there. Uh, We saw the defense take a step back last year in terms of their ability to generate the takeaways from the year before. And primarily that's because they didn't have Shaq Leonard last year. Right, The Colts finished 19th in takeaways last year compared to number two in 2021. But 
I think that list needs to change in order for the Colts to have success. Follow me on this, right? In order for the Colts to have a big year, I think that list needs to read for 2024 going into next season. I think your list needs to read as follows for the Colts to have success and experience good things next season. I think that list needs to read Richardson, Pittman, Ryman, and either Buckner or Quiddy Pay because of the position those guys play, right? The positions that they play and what they could do to help this team get back to the playoffs. If the Colts can get big years from Ryman at left tackle and Quiddy Pay at defensive end because of the premium positions that they play, that would be huge for this team. So I guess the list is okay for now. Have big-time success next season. I think that list needs to change because of how the game is played and who needs to have a big season in order for the Colts to rebound from 4-12-1 last year. It's your premium positions shining through. We've seen that. That's been on display. It's been painfully obvious uh, the last couple of years when you watch playoff football, when you watch teams play in the month of January, right, when you watch the Bengals and the Bills and the Chiefs and these other teams in the AFC, it's quarterback, it's top-notch wide receiver, it's left tackle, it's defensive end, and then if you look at the Colts, it's either their stud defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, or your top cornerback, and since the Colts are kind of in flux in the secondary, that would probably be, you know, DeForest Buckner, either Kenny Moore the second or DeForest Buckner. So again, I think the Colts need to change who their top five players are and what their core is in order to have success next season. Nothing against Quentin Nelson, right? Nothing against, uh, you know, who I mean, Shaq Leonard, but your most impactful players need to be those premium positions in order to change the narrative for the upcoming season. So that's a look at and what I think the Colts need to do and how they need to handle their business for 2023. So that's uh, a little spin on what ESPN.com had to say the last couple of weeks. When we come back, we'll continue to talk some Colts football and also a conversation with Ashton Doolin. He's in for a big year in year number five of the offense under Shane Steichen. The wide receiver joins us next right after this on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's recap what the Indiana Pacers have done thus far in the offseason. Uh, yesterday, about just after 1 o'clock, it was, or just before 1 o'clock, it was reported that the Indiana Pacers from Sham Sharani have traded Chris Duarte to the Sacramento Kings for some draft compensation. That compensation has yet to be revealed. That was prior to the opening of the, the negotiation period. For the NBA, the Indiana Pacers have made one signing. They signed former NBA champion with the Denver Nuggets, Bruce Brown. He's a forward to a two-year contract with $45 million. There is a team option for year number two. All of that, according to Sean Serrani, occurred yesterday evening. And then late last night, early this morning, the Indiana Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton agreed to a five-year extension that's worth up to 260 
million dollars. It's a lot of Benjamins. That came yesterday morning for the Pacers All-Star, who's coming off a career year, averaging 20 points per game and 10 assists per game. And then today, the Indiana Pacers acquired former New York Knickerbocker forward Obadiah, more commonly known as Obi Toppin, for two future second-round picks. So that draft night trade the Pacers made with the Wizards that netted them two 2028 second-round picks. Could that possibly be that one? But we don't know yet. That is according to Adrian Wojnarowski. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Thanks for coming back here on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Matt Taylor in tonight, radio voice of the Colts. In for Bob Lovell. He's on summer vacation. Well-deserved summer reprieved. As promised, though, we're going to talk some more Colts football now. Here from wide receiver Ashton Doolin, who's looking to take on a bigger role in 2023. And that Colts passing game, along with all the wide receivers, uh, looking to do their part to get that passing game back on track. Last season, the Colts ranked 23rd in passing yards per game, 29th in yards per attempt, and 26th in completions over 20 yards. In fact, they finished last year on a streak of 11 straight games where the Colts threw for under 250 yards, and they've only been over 250 passing yards seven times in the last two seasons, the last 34 games, seven times they've been over 250 passing yards. That's just not going to cut it in modern-day NFL, and stability at quarterback should help. Uh, the schemes of Shane Steichen and offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter, that should help as well bring some more big playability back into this offense. And a guy that's looking to chip into that big playability, Ashton Doolin going into his fifth season with the Colts. He was an undrafted free agent coming out of Malone University in 2019. Just to give you an idea of of uh, how much of a difficult path that was for Ashton Doolin, not only to get in the NFL, but to stay in the NFL. Malone University doesn't even have a football program right now. That's based in Canton, Ohio. And earlier this offseason, I sat down with Ashton to discuss where his game has evolved going into his fifth season compared to that rookie season five years ago. Um, I would definitely say my route running. Um, as far as being able to control my speed and tempo and routes and then coming out of breaks, you know, cleaner, um, understanding the uh, you know the defenses and knowing that every route doesn't have to be 100 miles per hour. Uh, you control yourself because at the end of the day, you know we know we're going. The DB doesn't. So mm-hmm. as long as we shape our routes and to make everything look the same, um, I think it makes it easier for me as a receiver to be able to trust myself and trust my feet. Because you're naturally fast, anyways. Mm-hmm. Something you just said right there is fascinating to me because you always want to play fast and you always want to go 100 miles an hour. But how hard is it for you as a guy that knows one speed? That's how you grew up. How hard is it to not run a route at full speed because um, it doesn't need it? Yeah, uh, that's it, a that's a mental yeah. kind of hurdle that I would think would be tough for sure. Uh, it's definitely something to learn to do. Um, it's not something I can do overnight. You know, it's something that you get rep- repetition at and you continue to practice that because, like you say, you know, I'm used to running every route or every 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 time I run going 100 miles per hour. Sure. So that's probably the biggest part of it was being able to know that okay, I can make it look and feel like I'm moving faster, but knowing that I'm still controlling myself and my route running and knowing that when I get to the top of my brakes, I can be controlled in it. How how tough is it to feel that that that's a that's a good balance because you want to get open but at the same time you want to feel under control you want to be smooth in your routes I mean how do you know when you found that um, I think once you figure out um, once you learn you know the whole 
grand scheme of things, whether in the offense with plays and right. knowing that sometimes you're not the first option, you could be the last option. So you know that you, yeah, I have more time or a click a click longer than mm -hmm. I usually would if I was the first option. So um, knowing that and, and and building that into my routes and knowing, okay, I got a little extra time this one. I can I can I can set up my release a little bit longer. I can work into my break right. and and get the the DB something else to think about before I actually go where I need to go. That's Ashton Doolin with us, Colts wide receiver. All right, first impressions, first off season, I should say, uh, under Shane Steichen. What do you make of the head coach and then obviously the play caller dialing everything up for you? Um, I think they're both great for this team. Um, you know, they're young guys and they, they bring a fresh new mindset to this whole team as far as, you know, um, holding each other accountable. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest thing is they set a standard early and knowing that we're not going to take any anything less than what our standard is. And, that, and that's playing with, you know, with high intensity, uh, playing smash mouth football and knowing that uh, we want to be the best team each and every week. And I think they have you know, brought that mindset to everybody on the team. We all kind of feel that energy um, in the locker room and throughout this whole place. What is it about the Shane Steichen offense that you think can really bring out the best in you? Have you gotten a good feel for that yet? I think he uh, wants to play the strengths of everybody that's on his team. So knowing that everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses, but he wants to bring out those strengths within the offense. So, yeah. you know, we have fast guys, we got guys to take the ball deep and they'll go over top. So I know that um, we're going to try to, you know, use that to the best of our ability and be able to, to put guys in the right place to, uh, to maximize their abilities. You know, I know we talked to you a couple months ago right after you signed that deal in free agency but if we could go back to that a little bit knowing that you're here you're secure you know your short-term future it's in place right you signed that deal back in March what kind of confidence did that give you knowing the team prioritized you and wanted to bring you back made it a priority to bring you back early on in free agency um, I, I look at it more as um, it's just an opportunity to, uh, to come back and, and, and build on what I've done so far mm -hmm. um, I don't want to get too high or too low. So, you know, I keep that in the mindset of, uh, you know, nothing's ever, you know, it's not it's not given. I, have to, I still have to earn my, my role in this team and earn my spot. But at the same time, I want to be able to um, do more, um, whether it's on the offense um, or, or doing anything special teams-wise. But I want to be able to maximize my potential and my abilities as much as I can for this team. Yeah. And uh, I think that's that, that's what I see it as, is, you know, it's another opportunity to be able to, you know, do the best I can for this team. That's Ashton doing with us. Going back to Shane Steichen, new offense, new terminology uh, for the first time since you've been in the NFL, right? 2019 to last year, you had the same offense. How difficult is it to learn a new NFL playbook for those that will never go through that, right? right? Um, I think, you know, for at least with, with him being, you know, under you know with, with Nick Sirianni, it's kind of, some of the terminology is kind of different, but a little bit's the same as well. So mm -hmm. it's not too much that's changed as far as our, um, you know, our combinations or, or being able to get open and stuff like that. Um, but I think I think the playbook is kind of in the same realm as what we've kind of been accustomed to it these, these past mm -hmm. couple of years. So uh, for me, I think it's just continuing to to be in the playbook, stay in the playbook. What's new? What's new? Uh, knowing what's new and, and being able to to um, you know use that to the best of my ability to. You know, have that step up, step ahead, and then knowing that you know it's the stuff we've been doing for the past couple of years. So right. you know, it's still it's still fresh because he has a new mindset with you know with him being a younger coach. So we have different things he builds into it. Um, but uh, I think the biggest thing is being able to continue to do that at a high level. All right, Ashton Doolin with us. First impressions of Anthony Richardson. He's been here for about a month. What do you make of the young guy so far? Um, I think he's heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I think he's been looking good early. Um, you know, he's seen to get the kids came to get those reps in, and uh, you know, with everything, you know, comes you know being able to be out there. You know, and to actually see it live and in motion and in practice, and um, I think he's he's looking real well right now. Um, I think he's gonna um, grow into that 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 role that we're looking at him to grow into. And yeah. um, I can only think, can only say, you know, the sky's the limit for him. No doubt about that. And as you know, there's a lot of eyeballs on him, a lot of pressure. How can a guy like you, going into year five, you've been with the same franchise since 2019? How can you kind of help take some of that? 
pressure, even if it's just for a couple minutes, mm-hmm. off of him where he can maybe take his mind somewhere else other than yeah. thinking about being a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like you say, you know, a lot of eyes on him early. So I think the biggest thing is being able to let him know that he's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to happen as part of the game. We've all been there before. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect in this game. So just knowing that he can do those mistakes but bounce back, forget about it, just in the past, in the past, let it go, move forward. Um, continue to do, you know, trust your abilities and trust the reason that they brought you here for a reason. Um, you know, just trusting himself. And I think with that, you know, he'll be able to do whatever it is he wants to do. What do you make of Gardner Minshew? Talking to him a couple of times and, and getting to know him a little bit. Uh, seems super chill, down to earth, really easy to talk to. But when he's on the field, he's a dog. He's a fierce competitor. He's all business. Have you experienced the same thing? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, so far being with Gardner, I, I love him as a QB. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a real good dude. Like you say, he's down to earth. He's chill. But when, he's, when he gets on the field, it's time to work. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a real smart guy. Uh, knows the offense through in and throughout. So knowing that, you know, he can trust him. You know, he trusts you to be in the right spot at the right time. He's going to make the right reads as well. So I think he's, he's definitely a great addition to this team. All right. For you, last couple of things. Again, Ashton Doolin is our guest. What do you see for yourself for the rest of this offseason workout program? Where do you want to be at the midpoint of June compared to now in terms of goals and getting better, all those subtle things that you need going into training camp? Yeah, I think um, for me it's being consistent right now. Um, just continuing to catch the ball, uh, continuing to be good on my routes, um, you know, being good in the playbook, you know, no MEs, no no mistakes, anything like that, but continue to hold myself to a high standard. I know if I hold myself to a high standard, then everybody else will be able to hold themselves as well. Cause, you know, just be able to set the right example, you know, through my play. Um, for me, it's, it's continuing to do that and then knowing that the coaches will put us where we need to be and see fit as, you know, where we can grow and, mm-hmm. you know, be the best of our abilities. So for me, it's, it's just staying on that course, you know, trusting myself, trusting my teammates, you know, trusting the process we're building right now. That's the off-season workout program report with Ashton Doolin, who has zero Emmys across the board. Yes, sir. My friend, thanks so much for the time. Thank Always you appreciate you. And enjoy that rest of that summer coming up. Thank right? you as well. Good guy right there. That's Ashton Doolin looking to make a big impact for the Colts this season on both offense and special teams. Of course, Ashton, second team. All pro on special teams in 2021. All right, when we come back, we're going to stay on offense. Left tackle Bernard Ryman's going to join the show after this quick timeout and discuss how he's grown in one offseason, what he learned about himself in the NFL as a rookie, and his excitement level to be playing a game overseas in Germany next season, growing up in nearby Austria. Cool deal for uh, Bernard Ryman. That's coming up in November. We'll discuss that and break it all down when we come back right after this on Network Indiana's. Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm at a garrison. Some breaking news just before the start of this is update coming from Adrian Wojnarowski. Sacramento Kings All-NBA center DeMontis Sabonis has agreed to a contract renegotiation and extension for a total of $217 million over five years, including and new money, a total of $195 million. So congrats to Demondis Sabonis, the former Indiana Pacer. Of course, he was sent to Sacramento. That got the Indiana Pacers Tyrese Halliburton, who they just signed to an extension early this morning of $260 million. It's not all the way. It can He can earn all the way up to $260 million, of course, with all NBA accolades, all-star accolades, and some other bonuses within the contract extension that is worth five seasons and that will expire when Tyrese Halliburton is 29 years old in 2029 minor league baseball today the Lake County captains defeated the Fort Wayne Tin Caps five to three the Indianapolis Indians put up a big 
sixth spot in the top of the ninth inning to defeat the Louisville Bats. 14 to 8. In fact, they scored 12 runs in the final three innings to win 14 to 8 over the Louisville Bats. And the South Bend Cubs, they fell to the Beloit Skycarp 6 to 5. The comeback was not enough. They did score two runs in the final two innings. But Beloit wins it anyway, 6-5. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody, to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Matt Taylor, radio play-by-play man with the Indianapolis Colts with you until midnight tonight. Hope everybody's having a great weekend. We've been really busy on the show tonight. We've talked IndyCar with Marshall Pruitt, MLB, and Reds Baseball with Charlie Clifford from NBC Cincinnati, formerly of Wish TV in Indianapolis. Uh, We've heard from head coach Shane Steichen with the Colts, Colts wide receiver Ashton Doolin, and one more interview with Colts left tackle Bernard Ryman, who's going into his second season with the Colts, really took a big jump in production and comfort in his second half of his rookie season. He started 11 games last year, but didn't miss a snap the last nine games of the season. And according to Pro Football Focus, he ranked 18th among tackles last season out of 81 in the NFL. And among rookie tackles, he graded out second out of 10. So certainly a lot of upside for Bernard. And I talked with him a few weeks ago, and we discussed what he took from his rookie season overall. Obviously not not good enough, like not you know, didn't live up to my, my own standards. Um, so a lot of work went into the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, improvements were made, but not um, quick and you know um, good enough to, as I wanted them to be. So yeah, it's just um, you you rewatch that tape and you kind of work on on those things that you know got you beat last year, and you just improve on on your weaknesses and trying to get better in your game. Well, it's like I said, you didn't miss a beat in the offseason in terms of working out and conditioning. Uh, I mean, you, you look the part right now. I mean, you really do. You said you'd put on about 15 pounds uh, in the right areas, right? It's the right kind of, of weight gain. What are some other things that you've been honing in on so far in this offseason to get better in year number two? I mean, obviously, like with gaining weight comes a lot of, you know, you, you get heavier, but you, you want to keep your, your speed sure. and your agility. So there's mm-hmm. just a lot of footwork um, that you, you're trying to do at the same time. And and then you just, you know, work not just on your on your footwork, but on your hands too. Um, just right. hand-eye coordination, um, you know, work on your punch and um, just, you know, setting the punch at the right time and to the right place. Um, so that's just something you work on in the off season. You know, one final thing about last year as a rookie, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you've been a fan of the NFL and now you live the NFL. Uh, it's a business, right? Things happen. Uh, people come and go. But for you last year as a rookie, it was a really unique season in that head coach gets dismissed, offensive coordinator gets dismissed. Uh, there's all these changes at, at the quarterback position. Jeff Saturday comes in. How How tough was it for you? as a guy that's learning the NFL sort of on the fly last year in year number one with all of those changes and some of that chaos going on around you? Um, yeah, it was pretty chaotic. But, you know, just having these veterans to lean on, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've been in the league for, for a while now, and they were just complete professionals about it. And you, you're just trying to mimic those guys in the locker room. Um, you you focus on yourself and the things that you can control right. and just coming into work and – Um, giving it you all out there. That's really all you can do. All right, new coach now, Shane Steichen. uh, Certainly got a lot of juice, a lot of energy. What have you made of the uh, new head coach for you in year number two? Um, He seems awesome. He's a a really – he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, Personally, as well as a football coach, he's he's phenomenal, I think. 
um, you can you can tell in, in all the meetings how much he cares about about the team and then you know he's an offensive mind so even in like the offensive meetings he 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 sometimes sits back there and like throws his um, ideas in there and kind of explains beyond just you know the the x's and o's kind of like where the term came from or where this this kind of scheme came from right um just because he he knows and lives it so much and you can just tell that just football is everything for him and how about your new position coach tony sperano jr in a short amount of time how much has he helped you in certain areas about your game i mean absolutely i mean the details he's been you know focusing on with with me specifically he's, he's really taking his time to obviously coach us as a position group but then also kind of hone in on like the different guys and their strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. um so I mean, just like the personal, like individual work he's he's putting in with with all of us right. um, has been huge for, for us. All right, the NFL schedule is out. Announced that the Colts are playing in Germany. You got that huge smile on your face. I'm sure <laughs> when you got that news, everybody knows and loves your story coming from Austria. How exciting was that news for you to be able to deliver that you know phone call or text message to all your friends and family back in Austria, saying, "Guys, I'm going to be playing an NFL game." where it's advantageous for you to come watch me play. I mean, what what does that mean for you? Yeah, this was an unbelievable feeling. Yeah. You know, seeing it for the first time, I really didn't believe it at first. Um, but then being able to text my family, telling right. them that, that they can come to a game is, is unbelievable. Obviously, like, grandma, who might not ever make the flight sure. over, you know, to the United States. Because it's just, you know, takes forever. And it's just a lot on the body that she's able to come to a game it's it's unbelievable and can't even describe it no doubt about it now you said the last time that uh, a lot of your extended uh family were able to watch you was in high school right i mean that's that's amazing and it's only about a seven hour drive if they choose to make the drive uh from where you grew up in austria to to frankfurt germany yep correct seven hour drive yeah um so it's definitely doable now we just got to figure out the logistics (laughs) of who all is coming oh yeah i'm sure that that phone's going to be blowing up all summer long as people trying to uh help you navigate their way to watch you play and get that support uh lastly we we talked earlier again in the off season about the the popularity of the nfl and football in general from where you grew up and certainly where it is right now in Germany. How would you describe the level of interest in NFL product in Germany? I mean, obviously it's big enough where the NFL is going over there, but can you put into words just how, how much thirst there is for football in Germany? Oh yeah, the whole the, the hype around football has been getting huge mm-hmm. um, in you know all over Europe. Really, the local football teams have gotten bigger and bigger. They they kind of started their own like professional league. Most of my friends, you know, back in the days from the playing for the Vienna Vikings, um, they are still playing football um, now, just on a European-wide level, right? Um, which is is huge. Um, the the game itself, I know personally how much that means. I mean, I went to the London game a long time ago. Yeah, that was your first taste of the NFL. That was my first ever yeah. NFL game uh, that I saw live. So, it's I know what an unbelievable experience it is for. You know, football fans in general, especially right. when you're in Europe and you don't get the same access to it. And yeah. um, you're six hours ahead, you know, watching games even on Sundays kind of gets difficult because right. it's going to be in the middle of the night and you've got to get up for work or school on Monday. Um, so it's it's a little bit more difficult to be a fan out over there. But then to have the game uh, just means that much more yeah. to, to be able to go to it. And for you growing up in Austria, when you found out that the NFL was going to London, I mean, was that a huge priority for you to go watch that and take that in for yourself in person? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that was my 
I just started playing football that year. Yeah. Or, and what year before. was that? Like 2014. Yeah, it was the Steelers Vikings game. Yeah. Um, I know at home I still have like the the ticket. Yeah. Of itself, course. Oh yeah. Check what year that was. And when you're watching that game, are you just like, I can do this. I can I can play in this league. Was that thought ever going through your mind as you were in the stands or? Um, well, to be honest, I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Of course. Uh, I, I had just started playing football. So at, at that point, I, you know, you you know, um, the players, you know, the league, but you mm-hmm. have no idea how to to get there. And right. You, it's kind of a, a dream, but not really a goal because you don't even think it's possible at right. all. So you're just like, wow, this is awesome. And look you at you to now. Take it all in. Yeah, it's it's crazy how that it's works. Such a cool story. You're such a great guy. You have such a great story. Great personality, Bernard. Thank you so much for your time. Best of luck the rest of this off season and stay healthy. All right. Thank you so much. That's Bernard Ryman, left tackle for the Colts, going into a second season. And pretty awesome story right there, playing in Frankfurt, Germany in week number 12. Uh, He grew up in Austria, so the Colts having a game only about a seven-hour drive away for his family to come watch him play. Didn't start playing football until he was 14 years old. Started playing with a youth arm of a local club called the Vienna Vikings. He started off as a wide receiver, and now he has transitioned into an offensive lineman. Uh, He started off as a tight end, then moved to left tackle in college, uh, came over to the States as uh, part of a foreign exchange program, went to Central Michigan, and now he's got a chance to be the cornerstone left tackle for the Colts in the NFL. All right, time for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about another training camp storyline for the Colts. That's the health and the status of Shaq Leonard. That's coming up next on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's highlight as many scores and notes as we possibly can. Top of the six right now in Chicago. It's the Cubs in the gar- excuse me, the Guardian six to zero advantage for Cleveland. They've put on four runs this inning alone. They put the other two up in the top of the third inning. They're in the bottom of the tenth in Colorado, and the Tigers put up three runs in the top half of the inning. They've already recorded an out in the bottom of the tenth, so it's looking promising for the Tigers to pick up a win, which would mean tomorrow's Game three between the two teams would be the rubber match. And game number two of the doubleheader today, the New York Yankees defeated the St. Louis Cardinals 6-2. to two. They put three insurance runs up in the top of the ninth inning. But in game number one, it was all Cardinals. They defeated the Yankees 11-4. to four. Eight of the ninth starters in game number one registered a hit. Paul Goldschmidt had four RBIs, and he was one of six Cardinals to pick up an RBI. Jack Flaherty picked up his fifth win. The Cincinnati Reds end their three-game losing or winning streak to the San Diego Padres, who end their six-game losing skid with a win over the Reds 12-5 to today. Manny Machado with two home runs. Juan Soto with a home run. St. Louis Cardinals fall to the Oakland Athletics 7-6 to in extra innings. They will look to prevent being swept tomorrow afternoon. Lake County Captains defeat the Fort Wayne Tin Caps 5-3. The Indianapolis Indians defeat the Louisville Bats 14-8. And the Beloit Skycarp defeat the South Bend Cubs 6-5. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. back everybody thanks for coming back here on indiana sports talk closing out the show here with you until midnight i'm matt taylor happy fourth of july weekend hope everybody's staying safe out there holiday weekend in full force we've had some nasty nasty weather all over central indiana and the state this weekend so 
be weather aware. I had a I had a tree that got snapped down in the backyard. It was some wicked cleanup, not fun stuff. So be uh, aware of the radar and um, just heads up on what's going on. A lot of severe weather and tornadoes and a lot of wind and thunderstorms going on all over the state. So it's that time of year here in Indiana. So uh, if you're not familiar familiar with me, I handle play-by-play duties for the Colts. Training camp's coming up. And, you know, with, with camp on the horizon for the Colts, you always talk about storylines. Uh, one of the bigger ones for the Colts, uh, actually two really, both of them on the defensive side of the ball, it's Shaq Leonard at linebacker. And then obviously the story that came out uh, earlier this week with the suspension of uh, cornerback Isaiah Rogers due to his involvement in uh, gambling on NFL games in 2022. So we'll get to both of those. We'll start with Leonard. I mean, that's a huge factor going into camp and something you have to watch out for because obviously he missed most of last season with that nagging injury right to his lower back and then his lower body, that calf area. That really has been a problem for him uh, the last two, three years. And that Colts defense Without him last year, it was solid. Don't get me wrong. It was good for most of the season. They kind of fell off towards the end of last year. Uh, statistically, you know, during that seven-game slide as, uh, you know, the Colts certainly uh, had a kind of a little bit of a tailspin to end last year with uh, uh, Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. But that defense without Leonard, it lacked big time in takeaways. I mean, if you look at Leonard over the course of his career, takeaways that's that's been his calling card that's been really the saving grace of this defense at times I mean the Colts had 21 takeaways last year that was 19th in the NFL kind of middle of the pack that's a big time drop off from coming in second in the NFL on takeaways the year before in 2021 I mean Leonard's been one of the best linebackers in football before his injury because of his ability to just get the football to take the football away with uh strip sacks and you know, punching the ball away, uh, causing fumbles, recovering fumbles. He's made three all-pro teams, and then he had back surgery last year, played in just three games, kind of admitted that he looked slow on film after playing just 74 snaps last year, then had a second back surgery in November, shut it down. And, you know, when you talk to Leonard, I mean, he loves football, but it's really hard for him because – even him question, even he questions what's coming up next. I mean, you know, there's that quote that said, I mean, there's so many times where even I'm thinking, will I ever be back uh, to be in the number 53? Will I ever be back to be in the maniac? Um, so that's that's a big question for this Colts defense. And not obviously with Isaiah Rogers and his suspension for next season. Um, that puts a big time monkey wrench into what's going on in the Colts secondary because um, if you look at what's going on at cornerback, Kenny Moore the second is really the only uh, member of that cornerback depth group that has played significant time in the NFL at that position, right? You've got Dallas Flowers. He played a lot of corner at the end of last year, uh, last season, kind of held his own, but you know, he's coming off just his rookie campaign. You got Tony Brown, you got Darrell Baker Jr., both guys are veterans, but they've never really been starters in the NFL before. And then you've got the highly touted rookies the Colts drafted uh, in April. Juju Brents, Darius Rush, Jalen Jones. Uh, Brents and Rush missed some time 
during the OTAs and the offseason workout program due to injuries. But I did the math the other day. Kenny Moore, he accounts for 81% of the NFL snaps returning for the Colts at cornerback on their roster for next season. So you talk about storylines. You talk about things up in the air for the Colts going into training camp. You look right there at the cornerback position. So we'll monitor that going into late July. We're back after this, closing out the show on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Everybody, this is the final segment tonight on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Matt Taylor. It's been awesome filling in tonight for the legendary, the one and only Bob Lovell on his summer vacation. Big show tonight, lots of football talk, a lot of racing and baseball as well. Uh, at the beginning of this show, Marshall Pruitt joined in. We talked about the IndyCar Series back in action tomorrow at Mid-Ohio. Charlie Clifford from NBC5 down at Cincinnati joined in to talk some Cincinnati Reds. A plethora of Colts guests, Shane Steichen joined in. We heard from uh, Ashton Doolin at the wide receiver position, Bernard Ryman at left tackle. We just got done talking about the defensive side of the ball and some uh, storylines for the Colts uh, within that unit going into training camp with the health status of Shaq Leonard and also how the Colts can rebound and re, uh, regroup uh, depth-wise from the suspension of Isaiah Rogers due to his gambling infraction suspended indefinitely for the 2023 season. By the way, the Colts did waive him uh, on Friday, so obviously his uh, services will not be uh, utilized for the Colts next season and his, I mean, to put it quite frankly, his um, his career in the NFL is certainly in flux. So uh, we'll keep an eye on those things going into training camp. But uh, July 4th coming up on Tuesday, kind of the calm before the storm with the holiday weekend here in full force in central Indiana. Eddie Garrison, um, I found this out. I, I saw this on Twitter the other day and it, it blew my mind and we got about two minutes to get into it. But uh, with the holiday coming up, Eddie, Americans typically eat 150 million hot dogs. I'd like to know how long on that the is of July. if you connected them from end to end. Well, that's what I'm getting. So great oh. minds think alike. So I did the math on that. Okay. So 150 million hot dogs, like standard sized, like normal Nathan's hot dogs. Mm -hmm. That is enough to stretch from Washington, D.C., to Los Angeles more than five <laughs> oh, times. Oh, my goodness. Like, holy – like, what What are we doing? Like, holy my, right? That's that's holy my times five from, from coast to coast. That is that is Wiener City right there. That <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? I want to know, Eddie, in, in one minute flat, because I know we're kind of up against it, how many hot dogs could you eat in one setting on the 4th of July? If I had to do, like, my own, like, hot dog eating contest – um. I'd say about ten, and that's 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 <laughs> ten. Most. That's ten. Most. You're doing ten. If I'm on an empty stomach, ten. Oh, um, ten. Yeah, if I'm on an empty stomach, I, I'll throw them back, just like uh, like Joey oh. Chestnut. But if I've got food in my stomach, I'm going four, five. Are we are we talking like full bun and toppings? Like oh, mustard, no toppings, ketchup, nope. the whole just just the hot dog in the bun. If I'm doing ten. Oh, ten? <laughs> Holy ten! I could do like three. But I gotta like doctor them up. I need, yeah, I, I I gotta do the whole thing. Oh man! Well, Eddie, fantastic job, Parker. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Everybody, have a great Fourth of July. 
Remember, alcohol and fireworks do not mix. Have a great holiday weekend, 4th of July on Tuesday. I'm Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.